Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Everybody uh, to the special bonus content episode for the Geek Buddies. Uh, today we're going to talk about episode three of Watchmen. I'm sure you saw the title there and clicked on it. Uh, the episode is called "She Was Killed by Space Junk." Uh, we got a little comedian. We got a little comedian references. Certainly got uh, Silk Spectre uh, right in front of us. Little Doctor Manhattan stuff and some more uh, uh, of uh, background with uh, Regina. Uh, King's character, and of course, a little more with uh, Tim Blake Nelson as well with uh, Looking Glass. So uh, we're going to talk about all of it. I'm John Roke. I'm a producer, writer, and host over at Collider. I'm Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. All right, I'll ask you too. This episode was very interesting. Gene Smart in five minutes did better than Malin Ackerman did in that whole film of Watchmen. Bringing Silk Spectre to life, which is not necessarily Malin's fault. Oh, no, it's obviously Zack Snyder's fault. I wouldn't say that either. But I, I would say... <laughs> Let's look at the track record, folks. I would say it's a little bit of peanut butter. Let's go to the map! <laughs> <laughs> I present to you the heartbreak kid! Uh, anyway, uh, uh, I do... I, 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 look, I've always had a thing for Gene Smart since Designing Women. Uh, she's a sexy, sexy, sexy actress, and I thought it was a great choice to have her because she's also a very powerful and strong actress with a steel spine, and to have her go toe-to-toe and kind of try to reclaim a little bit of status with Dr. Manhattan on that phone throughout the episode, and then at times kind of break to show that Silk still gets moved by Manhattan a little bit isn't always in le- I enjoyed the hell out of that. Um I enjoyed the hell out of the fact that the title is called She Was Killed by Space Junk, yeah. and the junk that they were referring to was actually not garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's it, was a, it was a blue penis. Uh, yeah, it was. T- t- all right, so talk to, what did you guys think of the episode? Uh, fantastic. Best episode so far. Fantastic. Yep. And I've loved every episode. This was the best episode so far. I, I think I've said this every time we talk about it. I was left breathless. Like, I, this show is a joy to watch because yeah. I am 
I, you know, it, like I, I think we're all guilty of this, or maybe it's just me, but like we're all guilty of sort of phone watching television shows. Oh, sure, of course. Like we get on the couch, you're chilling, you're watching your favorite geeky show, and you have your phone in your hand, and you're kind of listening, and you look, and you keep, you keep. I, I can't hold my phone during Watchmen. Yeah, I can't. I can't miss anything yeah. because there's mm-hmm. so much happening visually, and there's so much happening. Like you just. I have to focus on everything just to keep up. I feel like I'm in like a college level course and I'm barely smart enough to be in the classroom. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I loved every moment of this episode. I, I loved how they demonstrated that the Batman would not work in this world. Yeah. Like they had that little nod, the Revenger, how they called one. I mean, you look at his costume, but also she says afterward, like another rich asshole in a costume. Yeah. Also, he kind of has uh, the voice. Christian Bale light. All right. <laughs> Let her go. Let her go. Which, like, which is, of course, going to rattle his cage. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the drugs? Uh, which, of course, is a great reference to what was the whole basis of Alan Moore doing Watchmen, yeah. which is a way of deconstructing these this idea that these heroes could actually exist in real life. Um, I said this about when we were discussing uh, in the second episode the uh, now confirmed Adrian Veidt yeah. uh, doing that play about about Dr. Manhattan. Right. And I was saying, in addition to that sort of showing him kind of being stuck on Dr. Manhattan, that was a really easy way for them to get the little bit of exposition that they needed to get in there mm-hmm. for people who weren't as familiar with the comic. And this episode was interesting because this is the most we've gone in on the backstory from the comic book. Like yeah. this, is, this episode was way more about the Watchmen characters that a lot of us who read the comic know about than the first two episodes were, even though the new characters have are existing in this world where this yeah. stuff happened, they really dove in deep. And the joke that Gene Smart is telling to Dr. Manhattan on the telephone that sort of is the framing device for the show, in addition to be a great to being a great framing device and giving us a glimpse into how she feels about her ex-boyfriend yeah. from 30 years ago, the joke that she tells about the three superheroes gives a great Cliff's Notes version of who Night Owl, yep. uh Ozymandias, and Dr. Manhattan are. Yeah. And I was very I was very um as someone who writes and tries to fit exposition in uh in 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 kind of interesting ways that doesn't feel like exposition, it was a really good way to give context. Yeah. Uh without having someone to just sit there and be like, let me explain to you what happened. So who's Night Owl here? He's in jail. in jail. He's in jail. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Are yeah, we yeah. going to see him? I, I imagine we will. Yeah, because the the Manhattan is the Manhattan thing is starting to feel like waiting for Godot. He's gonna show. He's up. gonna show up. Right. He's, sh- he's gonna show up. His blue penis showed up. Good. Hey yo. Um, I also love that she's going with her dad's last name. Yes. Not Laurie Jupiter. She she's is Laurie Blake. Laurie Blake. So, uh, just let's let me see if I can do this in a very Cliff's Notes version. Please but do. for any of you people that are listening to this that are really digging the show and watch this episode and we're kind of like, what? is going on and are now saying, what the fuck are the Geek Buddies talking about? Um, In the original comic book Watchmen, which was about a group of superheroes who sort of uh, were doing a bunch of superhero things, um, there was a character, the comedian, who died at the very beginning. Who uh, And then there was a character named Night Owl, who was basically like Batman, except he had owl shit instead of bat shit. He's more like Blue Beetle. Okay, (laughs) calm down. Uh, There was uh, Silk Spectre, who was a female hero. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, Ozymandias, who was kind of a super sexy-looking genius dude. Yeah. And there was a dude named Rorschach who wore a funky mask and was kind of a creepster. Right. And what we have come to find out is in the time since, uh, the Jeremy Irons character is Adrian Veidt slash Ozymandias, who brought a giant interdimensional squid to Earth to try and bring world peace and ended up being exiled to this island. Yep. 
Uh, Dr. Manhattan With said, possible clones. Dr. Manhattan, who is a super-powered blue dude, uh, said, fuck human beings and went to Mars. Yep. Um, the comedian got shot at the very beginning, but he had also had sex with this woman and was Silk Spectre's father. He, he raped... Had, he, raped he Sally had, Jupiter. He raped the original Silk Spectre. Yeah. And Jupiter. she gave birth to the next Silk Spectre. Right. Uh, and what we've come to find out in the context of uh, this series is that sometime between the events of Watchmen and now, uh, Silk Spectre and Night Owl got arrested. Yeah. Um, and Night Owl went to prison and Silk Spectre took a job in the FBI and that is Gene Smart. Yep. And so she, this person who used to be a superhero, now takes down superheroes. One of the things that was really cool about this episode, uh, you know, all the weird imagery and stuff that they do, is the amount of mask imagery in this episode. Um, There are several shots of Jean Smart uh, where masks are really prevalent. She wakes up wearing a face mask, yeah. and then the FBI agent that's with her has a face mask with the, the holes the in it. Domino mask. <laughs> uh, when she goes to uh, uh, Judd slash Don Johnson's wife uh, to, at his house, right. and she's standing in the doorway. The doorway, the way the uh, the the door, the window is framed, frames around her face like a mask. Mm. So this person who is no longer a superhero, they're using an awful lot of mask imagery, <laughs> which I think is really really interesting. I love the shots of the uh, uh, that the uh, original artwork of all the different Washington, all the sort of Warhol, yeah, the Warhol. Yeah, I yeah. love that too to give you a little vibe that this is we're focusing on the comic book in this episode. Well, and you saw how Gene Smart in real life was was the fourth panel, and right. then she finally moved, and you saw the younger version yeah. of her as the fourth. And then it's the younger version of Gene Smart. It's not what we saw in the comics, right? Whereas the other ones are who we saw in the comics. Yeah. So Doctor Manhattan. That's why I'm curious about Doctor Manhattan. Is it going to essentially be the comic book version of Doctor Manhattan, CGI'd and created and drawn that way? For the TV show, or will it be someone like Billy Crudup, who is like who's essentially kind of made up to be Doctor Manhattan? Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we know, and what else do we know from this episode? We know that uh, Ozzy Mandias, yeah. Jeremy Irons, is not is not shotting people. Is yeah. not there. <laughs> the is the not atmosphere. there by choice. <laughs> nope. He's not there by choice. Right. He's trapped there, and there is a character named the, the Game Warden. Game Warden. Game Warden yeah. Um, who we don't know a lot about, but it's clearly the one who is his. Uh, Keeper? Yeah, his nemesis. And, but, and he's also wearing a mask. Yeah. Who do you think the game warden is? I don't know. I don't know. I had, and I had an interesting discussion with a friend of mine, uh, a friend of ours, yeah. uh, Brian oh. Leonard. Oh. Who, um, Did he have notes on the episode? He gets very frustrated about the number of questions. Like, we don't know why the squids are falling from the sky. We don't know who the game warden is. It's a very Damon Lindelhoff <laughs> thing to do. Lindelhoffian? Uh, it's Lindelhoffian, as, you, as Shannon has coined the phrase. Why um, do you put an H in his name? Is it Lindelhoffian? No, it's Lindelhoff. Lindelhoff. Okay. I just I have a I have a lisp. Oh boy. Um when he says Lindelof. But only when I say Lindelof. Why do you why does your lisp mean an H? Um, okay, yeah. I uh yeah, he he that's but it is a very Lindelofian thing to do. Oh! Um to just sort of throw stuff out there with no explanation and right. you sort of have to wait to get the explanation. And so I know yeah. that drives some people crazy. I really enjoy it. It yeah. gets, it keeps me coming back like I can't wait to find out. Mystery is fun. Yeah. Um, well, and especially the way he lays yeah, it out. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. you are so... He's giving you breadcrumbs, and you right. cannot wait for the next one. Like, the Looking Glass stuff, we got a little more with him, too, and I was just like... <sighs> I loved watching Gene Smart go through this TV series and knock every single character down multiple pegs. Yeah. And then have that scene with Regina King where she tried to do the same thing, and Regina King was not having it. Nope. Um, I think watching those two women act together was... Just electric, I, yeah. And I can't wait 
I was reading some article about uh, about the episode, and they're like, those two at odds with each other is fantastic, but once those two join forces, everyone else is fucked. Yep. <laughs> Alpha ladies getting shit done. I think the coolest thing about this episode when Gene Smart was in that booth, that phone booth to mm. Doctor Manhattan, that the company. Uh, that true, I believe it's called. They are the ones that bought Veidt's company. Oh, like right. They, they established that in the first episode, yeah. and how they have you would assume that they have these booths all over. It's almost like kids writing letters to Santa. Like, yeah. like they you, you know, you're sending off these wishes. You're literally, it's like you're praying. You're you're praying to God. Yeah, almost hoping that Doctor Manhattan hears you. So fascinating. I know. In the next episode, mm-hmm. we're going to get more into True and what mm-hmm. uh, and what's happening with Veidt's company. Well, yeah, because when the junior agent and Gene Smart are on that plane, they see that thing, the Ozymandias thing, that giant tower, whatever it is. Is it a doomsday clock? Is that what it was called? It looks like, yeah. I think so. I think so. Doomsday sundial. Interesting. So some people are speculating that the game warden is one of the clone servants who is also playing the game warden, except he's wearing a mask and has a mustache on. That'll so, be that'll be twisted and weird. What would that be about? Is he the original game warden, or is this game warden is? Are these clones like Doctor Manhattan gave him these clones? I don't think so. Uh, or, I think these are. I think, all I think right. he would have. I think. I think. You think Ozymandias uh, created all these clones? I think Adrian Veidt would be able to make his own clones. He's like, pretty smart. Sure, he could. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It, 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 there's a lot. Like I said, a lot of questions. Um, mm. I think I also really enjoyed. Uh, and Gene Smart said it best. I think this sums up sort of like the whole series yeah. really well is when she said to Regina King, hey, you want to hear a joke? How do you tell the difference between a vigilante and a cop in a mask? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and that really sums it up. I mean, that sums up what's really going on here is you have this person who used to be a superhero, knows that superhero life coming into this situation and is now someone who takes superheroes down and is coming into this situation where the cops are kind of doing whatever the fuck they want to do yeah. and is like, uh-uh. And it's just, I, I, what, three, there's, this is eight, there's eight episodes total of this? Nine. Nine? Okay. I thought it was eight or nine. Is it eight? It's, it's eight or nine. It's okay. definitely not ten. It is. Man. I'm looking now. Nine. Yeah. Did you notice the name of the cemetery where they buried him? Tartarus? Tartarus Acres. Yeah. <laughs> how Tartarus in Greek mythology, that's where they held the Titans. Oh, they, that's, this is where they held people that were too powerful. That makes sense. I thought that was very interesting. Yep. All right. Did you like the bricklayer joke? I did. Mm-hmm. I did like it. Huh. What? Mm. What do you, what, you didn't like it? What are you humming? Who is like the, the idea of the tossing up the brick and killing God and all of that? What is that all about? And look, her telling jokes to Dr. Man is, of course, a reference to the comedian. Of course. So what is her overall goal here? Well, if you take the the bricklayer joke yeah. and you combine it with the joke that she told with God, because they mm-hmm. kind of tie up because of the brick. Right. A little um, bit of a cheat, but <laughs> does she want so? to destroy? Wait, how, wait, what's the cheat? They're two different jokes. Who watches the Watchmen? It's not a joke when the first joke is about a brick going up in the air and the last joke ends with the brick falling on God. Yeah. Two different jokes. Okay. Let me explain to you why it's not. Uh, the first joke is about a father teaching his daughter the business, right, right. the family business. Right. Her dad was the comedian. Right. She is the daughter of the comedian. Yes. He sh- she's now telling a joke. Mm-hmm. So the entire concept of I'm showing you the family business is Pretty much her and her dad. Yeah. So that makes her the little girl. 
Yes. Um, which means that when she throws the brick up in the air, she's talking about herself. Yes. Then she tells an entire joke about these three male superheroes, Night Owl, Dr. Manhattan, and Ozymandias, the three superheroes she was a hero with. Yeah. And each one of them went to hell because one of them didn't kill anybody. One of them killed too many people. One of them was basically a god himself and said, I'm already in hell. And then this woman shows up. And is talking to God. And then the brick lands. Yeah. She's the woman in both things. Yeah. She threw the brick up at the beginning. She's basically the one who's like, I'm fucking tearing it all down. Like, I'm. everyone else thought that they were going to go here. They were going to hear. Everyone was trying to be the hero, trying to be the best, trying to be the worst, trying to be whatever. I'm, like, fucking done with all of this. And I'm ripping it all apart. Yeah. Like, that, which is why those two jokes put together are one long joke. So who's God? Um... Well, in the context of what she's talking about, God could either be Dr. Manhattan himself, even though he was a character in the joke as well, mm. or she could be talking about like that the whole world is a joke, like God is a joke, like the whole concept of God is a joke because look what he's done to this world, like fuck it. Oh, I'd, I'd talk it more that she's throws a brick up to kill God because the gods are the heroes. She's going to take them apart one by one and whatever reason. And it makes sense. Right, she she essentially assumes her father's cynicism about the whole idea of yeah. right, which is what he says at the beginning of Watchmen. Right, it's all a fucking joke when he's crying to Moloch. It's all a fucking joke, man. It means it doesn't mean anything, and so she's kind of adapted that and taken it to the next level because Silk always had that. Even Malin Ackerman's performance in the in uh, the Watchmen movie, you can tell she doesn't like being a hero. Remember the whole time she doesn't like being a hero. Yeah. So she's never enjoyed being a hero. Now well, she felt, I mean, in the, even in the comic, like she yeah. felt it was, she was forced to do it yes. because of her mother. Right. Well, n- and then her dad is showing her another occupation that she could be doing. Yeah. And that's so, there's a lot here that I, I'm, I'm so happy that they opened up and explored. Um, but I also think, yeah, th- I think this episode was probably the hardest episode to get through if you weren't a fan of the comic book. Good point, Agreed. Mike. Um, but I think that Gene Smart's performance and the concept of just without even knowing the backstory, you're you get enough kind of you used to be a superhero. Now you are taking down superheroes and you're going into the situation. Like I'm really curious about how Watchmen works. Like for all of us who are nerds who love the yeah, comic yeah. and can really dive into it, it is just a treasure trove. But I do sort of think that there is sort of a surface story going on that's equally as interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that I think that's an interesting tightrope walk to act, but I, to walk. But I think they're doing it. Yeah, I agree. Anything else today? Um, I can't wait till Sunday. Yeah, me yeah. either. Okay. Uh, any guesses? For the season? No, no, for well, or for what might we might see next. I'm curious where the young where the young senator is going. Yeah. That's Isn't his last name Keen? Keen yes, from the Keen Act. And yes. so that what his, his father or grandfather yeah. passed because the Keen Act yeah. was that it was the thing that outlawed superheroes. That was in yes. the seventies. Which was in the seventies. Yeah. So he's there was a shot, um I think it was a shot of Jeremy was it a shot when Jeremy Irons put on his Ozymandias costume? Mm. And it sort of faded to Keen right away. I mean, I think Keen is very much going to be the Ozymandias character here. He is the on-the-surface, liberal, awesome politician who's, guys, we've got to fix this problem. And I think he's probably going to ultimately be the big bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's Next week's episode is called, If You Don't Like My Story, Write Your Own. Reclusive billionaire, trillionaire, 
Lady True finally enters the stage with a mysterious offer. With Blake getting closer to the truth of her cover-up, Angela enlists Looking Glass for help. The Lord trains two new servants. Interesting thing. So we'll see. Uh, well, that's our uh, uh, spoiler filled review of episode three of Watchmen, HBO's Watchmen. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you had a good time. We'll be back next week with a fourth uh, 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 spoiler review episode of uh, a spoiler review of episode four. You try that again? Of Watchmen. <laughs> try it again. <laughs> try it I'm again. not editing this out, but I'll try again. We'll be back next week with another spoiler filled review of episode four as well for Watchmen. There it goes. <laughs> I'm heading off to Australia, so I hope I watch it before we record it. No, you guys are going to have to do it without me, I guess. How can we do a spoiler review without you? I'm sure you've got plenty of friends. I'm sure Leonard can come in and do some notes. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> uh, go ahead, Shannon. What are you going to say? If you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. <laughs> on Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Vogel, for both, it's at MKTune. If you'd like to follow Roca, for both, it's at The Roca Says. There you go. There you go. Mikey. Uh, everybody, go uh, as you are watching Watchmen, watch your computers, <laughs> and wherever you are watching us or listening, give us some ratings and some comments because we really like them. <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll talk to you next time on The Geek Buddies. Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.